0: just want actually would it, would it yes and then and then
1: at 10 o'clock this morning, very warm welcome to you, warm welcome to anybody who's joining us online, Uh, you are all very welcome. Uh, Debbie is leading our service uh, and I'm up here really to invite two people to give notices so um, I'm going to step back and uh, let that happen. So uh, James uh, is going to give a notice uh, about riding lights play and then Mark has a notice as well. So whoever gets here first, do you notice first.
0: morning, everybody. Uh, sorry, I was just writing down what I had to say, so I hope I say everything. Um, uh, first of all, you can all guess what I'm going to be talking about, which is uh, the Riding Lights drama, which is here next Saturday evening, 7:30. Uh, um, thanks to everybody uh, for your help in selling tickets and in buying tickets. It, it's great. We're really quite encouraged. We've nearly sold 100 tickets now, which is Quite, well, for me, very encouraging, and I'm sure more people are going to come on the night as well. But if you could continue to pray uh, that more people see the posters and book online or buy tickets, uh, that would be great. Thanks to everybody who's helping, um, those of you who are accommodating the team as well, so that's great. And also, just pray not just to sell tickets for the sake of selling tickets, but that people will bring friends who maybe aren't Christians, um, and it'll, the, the drama will provoke conversations, and and ideas about coming to faith in in Jesus. That's that's the purpose, really. It's not just entertainment, but it's to help us as Christians and and to help create conversations. So please pray for that more than anything else. Uh, If you are able to distribute some of these, if you want to buy tickets today, that's great. I've got plenty of tickets. If you're able to distribute these, that's great. Take a pile, leave them on the bus, leave them in cafes, give them to your friends, just distribute them everywhere Um, because they won't be any good after uh, March the 2nd. So please take some of those as well. If you're able to help on the night, that will be super. We're looking for just a small team of people who are able to kind of provide refreshments or help serve refreshments at the beginning, um, and also uh, (coughs) chat to people, and and also maybe help on the door as well. So we're looking for uh, five or six people who might be able to help uh, do that so pray for that as well so thanks very much and uh, hope to see people after the service come and come and just volunteer and tell me whether you can help or not that would be super thank you
2: good morning church um, our, my home group would like to invite anybody who's not currently in a home group to join us during this season of Lent as we have the opportunity to reflect on the wonderful gift of prayer we meet at my home at uh, 328 Lock Road West at 7.30. If you're interested and would like to take us up on that offer, then please contact me, either see me after the service or give me a ring, my number's in the directory, and uh, you'll be more than welcome to join us. Thank you. And we'll be putting an email out as well for those that aren't here today and aren't online. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you to Demi.
3: Good morning everyone, add my um, welcome to Peter's. Um, So today we are, um, as Mark's just said, um, at the moment we're going through the prayer course series and we've reached week two and um, so the theme of our service today is adoration and Peter's going to be speaking to us about that a little bit later on. Um, We've also got James and Phil, I believe, are going to be um, taking the children out in a little bit um, to do their activities. And then hopefully we can hear from them at the end what they've been up to. And um, it's also great that we've got a a little team of um, musicians and singers today. So that's um, that's exciting too. And they're going to be led by Sue. So a big thank you at the start to everybody who's involved um, in today's service, the people on screen and sound and tea and coffee, welcome, you name it, thank you, Um, thank you for all that you do, we really, really appreciate it and thank you to all of you for being here. So we're going to start with an interactive opening prayer, so it's probably better if you're able to, if you can stand up. Um, to do this. It's probably familiar to you by now. It's one I use reasonably regularly. And so there's some actions in brackets and then if we can pray um, this prayer together that would be wonderful. So let's pray as we start. Lord, we are here to worship you. Would you meet us through your Holy Spirit Teach us through your words, show us where we need to change, and give us all we need to serve you in the world, for the glory of your name. Amen. 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 Excellent. Well done. Okay, so we're going to um, stand and sing now. Um, Together, Our reading today includes the words, You made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. So we're going to start by praising and worshipping our creator God in song. So we're going to sing How Great Thou Art and then Praise is Rising. So um, kids or anybody else, if you want to um, wave flags, um, you're very welcome to do that during this time of worship. have your way among us. We welcome you here, Lord Jesus. That is our prayer this morning. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Amen. Please do have a seat. And as we come into God's presence, we become aware, don't we, of our need um, for his grace and his forgiveness in our lives. And so I'd like to um, invite us now to just have a moment of quiet um, and then to pray this prayer of confession together. So let's have a, a moment of quiet before we pray. God of all ages, who from generation to generation has heard the cries of your children, humbly seeking forgiveness, and has welcomed sinners back into your embrace, hear the thoughts of our hearts, examine our motives, and forgive us our faults. We ask this through your Son, who who died and might be Amen. Amen. And now let's receive God's forgiveness into our lives. May the God of love and power forgive us and free us from our sins. Heal and strengthen us by His Spirit and raise us to new life in Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Right, um, the children are going to go out to their group now. So let's pray for them, shall we, and their leaders as they go. And then we'll welcome them back to join us for communion a little bit later on, and hopefully we can hear what they've been doing then. So let's pray for them as they go out. Father God, we thank you for the children and the young people here this morning. And as they go out to their group now, Lord, I pray that they'll have fun. I pray that they'll enjoy being together. And I pray that um, they will each go home with something today that's going to, to help them, encourage them, excite them about you in the week ahead. So, Lord, we pray your, your blessing on them. We pray your blessing on Phil and James as they lead them. And we look forward to hearing what they've been doing a little bit later on. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, and as they go out, um, we're going to sing again. We're going to have our, our reading after this song. and. Um, The reading talks about the power of God shaking the place where the early followers of Jesus were meeting. And we're going to sing a song now that's called The Power of Your Love. So let's stand and sing this together.
4: The reading for this morning comes from the book of Acts, chapter 4. You'll find it on page 1096 in the Church Bibles, 1096, reading from verses 24 to 31. Acts chapter 4. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our Father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up, and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. This is the word of the Lord.
3: Okay, let's pray for Peter, shall we, as he speaks to us. Lord, I thank you for Peter, I thank you um, for the time that he spent um, reflecting on this passage this week. And Lord, I thank you um, for Pete Gregg and for the prayer course and um, the whole movement of 24-7 prayer. And Lord, we thank you for um, what that can, can bring into our lives and the way that it can excite us and deepen us in our prayer life. And Lord, I pray now that you will help us to receive what it is that you want to say to us this morning. Um, speak through Peter, I pray, and um, bless him as he does that. In your name I pray. Amen.
1: Well, good morning again, everybody. Lovely to see you all. So we're in, on the second Sunday of Lent, and uh, as you know, now very much indeed we are thinking and pondering uh, at the wonder and beauty of prayer. And indeed, yes, we're following the prayer course as devised uh, by a man called Pete Gregg of 24-7 Prayer, and all of this is an invitation to us all to dive deeper into the wonderful, the beautiful gift of God called prayer. Uh, Last week, Ursula began the series and explained uh, we're taking a close look at the Lord's Prayer and considering it phrase by phrase as a way of deepening our corporate and individual prayer lives. And we were reminded by Ursula that the Lord's Prayer was given to uh, the disciples, his 12 disciples, as a a response to a request from them where they said to Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. The disciples had witnessed Jesus' own prayer life. They'd witnessed Jesus uh, praying on his own, going off in prayer on his own. Uh, They'd witnessed the way that Jesus was in constant communion with the Father. And then Jesus teaches them and invites them too that we too can call God our Father, our Father in heaven. hallowed be your name. You and I are invited into the very throne room of God. And we can call him Abba, Father. Abba, Father. And so this week we're going to focus on that very first phrase of the Lord's Prayer uh, where we say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Jesus teaches us that when we pray, we are invite- what we're invited to do is simply worship God. We are invited simply to rest in God's presence. We are invited to wonder at his beauty and majesty. To simply be with God. Not to do, but to be. Pete Gregg, in uh, in the prayer course, reminds us that prayer, first and foremost, is relational, not transactional. I if you know what I mean by that. Let me explain what I mean by that. Relational, not transactional. What it means is we don't come to God, first and foremost, to get God things to do things for us. No, it's about we, we come to God simply because we love God and we love being in his presence. We are invited to adore God, to love God. And the truth is God wants us to enjoy him. For the sake of enjoying him. That's what he wants. Uh, Let me illustrate. I've used this illustration uh, here before, but it's, I think, a good illustration of of the truth of that. Just say, uh, I had a plate of chocolates here uh, in front of me. And in front of those chocolates is a young child of, say, about five or six years old. Do you think if you have a plate of chocolate, a lovely plate of chocolates with a child of about five or six, do you think you're going to have to command them to eat those chocolates? Unless they don't like chocolate, of course, which is a different matter. Do you think you're going to have to command them to eat those chocolates? It's probably not likely, is it? What you're going to have to do is, is, is give them permission You give them permission to eat that chocolate. It's not it's gonna it's not gonna be a chore to them. It's not gonna be difficult to eat the chocolate. It's not gonna be a real, oh, do I have to? It's gonna be more, oh yes, I really want to. And so what you would do is say, Yes, you can have a chocolate, or you can have a couple of chocolates from the plate. Go on, enjoy. There's enjoyment there. It's not duty, it's not hard work. This is about really enjoying it. It's, oh, what a lovely chocolate that is. And the same is true of our relationship with God. He wants us simply to enjoy him, to savour him, to delight in him, to simply and purely for the sake of enjoying him, being with him. Uh, One Christian writer puts it like this, and I think this is a, a really good way of putting it. They said God didn't create the world because he needed love or cheering up. He is the triune God. He is the God who is eternally in community of love and mutual delights. Father, Son, and Spirit have all the joy that they could ever want, and in a far richer, purer way than we could ever provide. So it's not about God wanting, necessarily needing us. So why did God create the world when he didn't have to? The answer is grace. Uncompelled, unmerited grace. He must have created us not to get joy, but to give it. End of quote. God created us so that we can be in relationship with him. And prayer allows us to deepen our relationship with him. Another way of, of explaining it is um, is a, a picture of uh, a telescope and a microscope. I, I considered trying to get hold of a telescope and a microscope. I wasn't really sure who to ask who might have that kind of thing. So I went with a slide instead. What we tend to do, I think, as disciples of Jesus is to focus... Focus first and foremost on our problems, on the things that are in front of us in our lives. And so we tend, and I'm saying this as a generalization, we tend to, as disciples, we tend to zone in on, we tend to focus in on those things that are really troubling us in our lives, in our minds, in our hearts, that are concerning us. And so we will zoom in on those things in our lives. Like a microscope really focuses right down onto the microscopic detail of whatever it is it's looking at. We tend to do that in our lives. But the Lord's Prayer encourages a different perspective. The Lord's Prayer encourages us to get the big picture, the bigger picture, like a telescope. When you look through a telescope, you see the massive hugeness of the universe in the sky. You see how big the creation is. You see how big God is in the, through the telescope. How eternal and loving and kind and full of grace. How big God is in all the amazing qualities of God. God is a big God. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And so Jesus invites us to adore God. First and foremost, to Love God, to adore God. Jesus said to me, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The Book of Common Prayer is um, one of the foundations of the Church of England, the BCP. Some of you will know it really well. And the BCP puts it really well, explains adoration in prayer really well. It says this Adoration is the lifting up of the heart and mind to God, asking nothing but to enjoy his presence. I'll say that again. Adoration is the lifting up of the heart and mind to God, asking nothing but to enjoy his presence. I love that. I think it's an amazing way of putting it. It's the lifting up of our heart and mind to God, simply to enjoy his presence. And that's what we saw in our Bible reading in Acts chapter 4. If you've got a a Bible, do have it open before you. Acts chapter 4. We see that in practice in the early church. So, verses 24 to 31 of chapter 4. We've jumped into the middle of a narrative. We've jumped into the middle of a story in Acts chapter 4. So let me just tell you uh, what's going on. You probably know, but let me just remind you what's happening. Basically, what's happening is two of the leading disciples, Peter and John, have been arrested for preaching the gospel, preaching the good news, and they've been hauled before the Sanhedrin, the Jewish council, and they are in trouble. They are in trouble with the Jewish authorities for preaching about Jesus. However, the Jewish authorities find no grounds for arresting them. They question them. They say, how dare you do this? They've healed a man. How dare they heal a man? They've They've healed this man. And so the Jewish authorities, however, have no grounds for keeping them under arrest, and so eventually... You know, they don't really want to, but then they release Peter and John. And so Peter and John go back to the rest of the church, to the other disciples, and they tell the other disciples all that has happened. That's in verse 23. They report all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And in verse 24, the first verse that we heard read, it says, When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said. You made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. So what's the first thing they do? They praise God. They worship God. They focus on the hugeness, the vastness, the majesty, the awe of God and the power of God. I wonder what your reaction might have been in that situation. Just put yourself in the shoes of those disciples. And what would you have done if you had been in that situation? Maybe I'm being a little bit too um, Anglican here. I don't know. We probably would have formed a sort of crisis meeting. We would have formed maybe a committee. We might have put a ten-point plan. Oh, what do we need to do now? What do the disciples do? Do the disciples pray? The reading goes on. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our Father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? Then and only then, after they praise God, glorify God, do they turn to a request in verse 29. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your servant Jesus. Most of their prayer is reminding God of who God is. Did you notice that? Most of their prayer is reminding God, telling God, who God is and what he has done in the past. Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth, and all the sea, and all that is in them, and so on. But God doesn't need reminding of who he is and who and all the things he has done. So I've got a question for you. Why do they do that? Why do they remind God? of how big God is and how powerful he is. Has anybody got an idea? Why do they do that? To remind themselves. themselves. Exactly right. I don't know who said it. Exactly right. They remind themselves. They're not reminding God. God doesn't need reminding who he is. He's God. He knows how big he is. He knows how powerful he is. He knows how supreme he is. No, the disciples are reminding themselves who God is. They're simply enjoying the bigness of God, the sovereignty of God, the wonder of God, the grandeur of God. They are simply adoring God for who he is. 75% of this prayer is worship of God and only 25% is a request or requests of God. Asking things of God. Interesting, isn't it? John Piper, one of my favorite Uh, Christian speakers, writers, authors put it like this The best news of the Christian gospel is that the supremely glorious creator of the universe has acted in Christ, his death and resurrection, to remove every obstacle between us and himself so that we might find ourselves, we may find everlasting joy in seeing and savoring his infinite beauty. Wow. I've heard him speak in person. He is an amazing teacher seeing and saving his infinite beauty do you see god himself is our joy and reward the more we come to know god the more we will love god and the more we will be willing to give up everything we have to enjoy him more from my experience of walking with god and believe you me i am a learner in prayer when I get bogged down with a problem, when I get bogged down with a situation that is worrying me, that's, that's weighing me down, that's on my heart, what I tend to do is I walk up a hill. That's my reaction. That's my response to being in a, in a, in a problem situation. I tend to walk up a hill. This hill is always there. It's, wonderful. I I walk up it many times. You've got the Longman, Cardamil Valley, all these amazing Shropshire Hills we've got around and about us. So as I walk up the hill and as I get to the top, I see the big view. I see the wonder of creation. I see the grandeur of, of, of all that God has made. And I remind myself how big God is and how wonderful he is, how good he is. I get a sense i just I, can, I just remind my, reminding myself how big God is as I look at the view that is around me. And then I lay my problems at the feet, as it were, at the feet of Jesus, at the foot of the cross. I lay those problems that are on my heart and my mind, I lay them at the foot of Jesus. Because I can't solve them. I can't solve them. God can solve them. I can't solve them. And yet I do have the gift of prayer. I have the gift of being in communion with God in prayer. And I can worship him and simply be in his presence and be surrounded by his amazing creation. That's what I tend to do. You you may have your own way of of doing it. But I gain perspective and I gain presence and I gain peace with God. Then and only then, as I reminded myself how big God is, then I unburden myself and express my concerns to God and he is big enough to take it. The other thing about this reading I find interesting is how it ends. Verse 31. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God boldly. So the place they're in was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy, with the Holy Spirit. Wow, God is on the move. And powerful things were taking place, and the believers were speaking boldly about Jesus. And so I've got another question for you. Is that what you want? Are you and I seeking boldness to share Jesus? How would you feel if that happened here, if this building literally started shaking with the presence of God? How would you feel would you be excited, daunted, anxious, fearful, wondering? Do you want the church to be shaken? But notice it all starts with adoring and worshipping God in prayer. On the prayer course, Pete Gregg uh, offers a very helpful, simple, uh, down-to-earth way we can pray, and it's it's an acronym with the word prayer. It's very helpful. It's very simple. It's very memorable. I'll run through it very quickly uh, using the letters of the word pray. P, pause. Pause. As you pray, simply pause. Take a breath. Breathe. Be quiet. Listen to your own breathing. Psalm 37, verse 7 says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. It's good to simply be still before the Lord. Remember how big, how mighty, how powerful and loving he is. Pause. Uh, Rejoice. The Lord's Prayer starts with the words, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name, Father God. Holy is your name. Rejoice in the name of God. Yahweh, Redeemer, Saviour, Jesus. Philippians 4, verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Rejoice. A, ask. Most of the prayer course is about aspects of prayer, which is about asking, seeking something from God, for God to act. We'll do a lot more about that on another Sunday, so we won't think about it particularly now. But A stands for ask. Finally, wise yield. If you're teaching this to jesus maybe the word yes is easier but to yield is to say is to say yes to god is to is to surrender to god his will in our lives his will in this world to yield is to surrender and say your will be done not my will and as we surrender to god we invite him to fill our lives with his presence his power and his love pray pause rejoice ask yield Prayer as adoration is simply enjoying spending time with God for the sake of it. Philip Yancey, in his book on prayer, puts it like this. Prayer, that is based on relationship and not transaction, may be the most freedom-enhancing way of connecting to a God whose vantage points in heaven we can never achieve and can hardly imagine. As Peter the Apostle puts it, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. We need not bang a drum or bring animal sacrifices to get God's attention. We already have it. I'm going to end with a very ancient prayer. It's a a prayer of St. Benedict of Nursia. And he prayed this. And And I'll end with this prayer. O gracious and holy Father give us wisdom to perceive thee intelligence to understand thee diligence to seek thee patience to wait for thee eyes to behold thee a heart to meditate upon thee and a life to proclaim thee through the power of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, our Lord.
3: Peter. So we've been hearing about how um, prayer is about relationship, it's relational and um, so we're going to spend um, some more time now dwelling in God's presence as we have another song called Unbroken Praise. Some of you might know it, for some of you it might not be um, familiar, but it's going to play on the screen, so I encourage you to just perhaps sit um, quietly where you are and just allow um, God's spirit to minister to you as we hear this song, um, Broken Praise. <sighs>
5: Praise unbroken, praise unending, be yours, be yours forevermore. Praise untainted, praise unfading, be yours, be yours forevermore. Be yours forevermore Unbroken praise Be yours And let my life outweigh my songs. Let my deeds outrun my words. And let my life. Unbroken praise be yours
3: So um, just before we have our intercessions, um, John's just going to come and share something that he feels that God was saying to him um, while Peter was was speaking. So thank you, John.
0: Thanks. Just as I was sat at the back of church um, on on that side, as Peter was talking about being in the presence of God, adoring him, loving him, as you've noticed, the the sun came out and shone on the side of my head and it, it was just so warming and I, well that's nice yeah. but I think the Lord is saying this, I think this is, a, this is a picture just what happens what God wants to do to us for us as we just wait in his presence His shine his blessing on us and warm us
3: okay thank you Thank you, John, for sharing that. Um, And we're going to stay in God's presence now and in in an attitude of prayer as Mark comes to to lead us in our intercessions.
2: When I say in your mercy, please respond with, hear our prayers. Heavenly Father, we thank you that through your Son Jesus Christ we can come to you in prayer and that as our Sovereign Lord you will respond to our prayers according to your will. In your mercy, hear our prayers. As we use this time during Lent to consider our prayer 24-7, help us, Lord, to draw close to you And experience your living presence in our lives each day. In your mercy, hear our prayers. We lift up to you the church across the world, and specifically for our persecuted brothers and sisters. We pray that they will recognize your presence with them and experience your protection. We bring before you our bishops Michael and Sarah. And our own Peter and Ursula, and ask that you will give them wisdom and discernment through your Holy Spirit in all that they do for your church. We pray for Susie and Martin Goodchild as they start their last week in Kenya, for problem free travel down to Mombasa and back home, that they would bring encouragement to Peter and Selfer, and that Susie will cope with the heat. In Mombasa. In your mercy, hear our prayers. We bring before you all the conflicts and troubled areas across the world and pray that governments would discern your will and that your peace and light would be revealed. In your mercy, hear our prayers. We lift up to you our own community here in Baston Hill and pray that we would be light and salt for this village, bringing you all the glory and all that we do to reach out, drawing people to you. Give us the ears to hear and the words to respond to help others understand the enormity of who you are and the wonderful relationship that they can have with you. We specifically pray for Oak Meadows School, for Sam Hill, the head teacher, staff and pupils as they prepare for a statutory inspection of Anglican and Methodist schools on Wednesday and for Peter and Emma who will be involved as well. May the school's Christian ethos shine through brightly on that day. In your mercy, hear our prayers. We lift up to you all those we know in this congregation and others who we know personally that are suffering physically, emotionally, and spiritually. We pray with faith that you would bring healing to them and they would know your presence and your peace at these difficult times. In your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, please accept these prayers through the power of your Holy Spirit and in the name of your dear Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
3: Thank you, Mark. We are going to share the peace with one another now, so uh, can I ask you if you're able to stand please as we we do that. Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you. And And also with you. So let's offer one another a sign of God's peace.